0: Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. What we're talking about is, is, is he under the influence of Russia, where he's more loyal to the Russian state than he is to the American state. I mean, that's really, I mean, regardless of what term he might use, that's the question we're trying to get to. Well, do and, and you have
1: a choice or the, would the, he even have a choice? Yeah. I think it's more that. It's less about loyalty, but to, to, did the KGB know what it was doing well enough to get this guy squeezed to the degree to where he had no choice? And Yuri can answer that for us. Yeah. Where was the KGB really good at what it did? That's the question, really. We're asking: Did yep. they know what they were doing, or did they not? Um, you, you know, because you. And then, is it possible that for nearly thirty years he was an unwitting idiot? I, that that makes no sense to oh, me. I can It
2: depends basically on Tuesday on. Uh, most important thing, what was the major basis for his recruitment or his bringing into confidential cooperation? Uh, As I explained, there are three of them. This is money, ego, or uh, psychological foundation and ideological. I strongly believe that even though there was a combination of different factors, he was recruited on money. And this is where his loyalty has been, the KGB has established. This is his loyalty and they worked on this. They picked up on this and developed and uh, it was successful. I believe that the most uh, successful phase of cooperation was him before he became elected as president of the United States. It was in the years 2000 when his whole campaign uh, company turned into money laundering machine for individuals, organizations, ultimately controlled by the Russian intelligence community, and money laundering—well, secret, secret—taking out huge amount of money out of Russian laundering list. Uh, the money—it was the top priority of Russian intelligence community, and therefore, he was a top priority asset
3: for Russians. And there were, uh, were 1,300 con- Trump condos uh, went through the. Uh, predicates of money laundering, that is all cash transactions that were anonymous. And you can make that mistake accidentally two or three or five or eight times, but 1300 times. See, I like think it. that's a pattern. And, and Deutsche yeah, Bank, well, Craig? Christ. I
0: was gonna <laughs> well, say Deutsche yeah, Bank, but go it's ahead, a Yuri. Pattern.
3: Yeah,
2: said, well, well, you have to understand that lots of information which we collected with Craig is not in the book because mm-hmm. uh, the book would be uh several volumes uh, we have several volumes uh i will just mention one fact uh one of the organizations which was long money minus or trump, trump organization was um an organized crime group in the former soviet union which was exporting underage prostitutes uh from the former soviet union from russia and ukraine delivering them to different bordels Around the world, and it was part of the huge ring which was laundering also money of Colombian drug cartels. And proceeds of all these huge operation was laundered through one of uh, Trump Tower projects. And ultimately, all this criminal organization was under ultimately under control of the of the FSB. So it was huge. The scope of this is just, just fantastic. You know, if you want to shoot a series, you will have 12, 12 series wouldn't be enough because each of this operation deserves a separate
0: movie. You know,
1: yep. he, he would have been aware of, of how the,
0: he would have been aware of where the <laughs> money came and, from.
1: Craig and Luke can attest to I've been trying to make that happen for four
0: years.
1: <laughs> um, it, but,
0: but would he have known, would know Trump know have other. known where this money came from?
1: Well, uh, again, this is,
2: this is the question because, well, you're asking uh, was he an agent? Uh, some people look at saying say that he was a uh, trusted contact. The difference is in one little thing. Whether you realized, clearly realized that you are working for foreign intelligence sor- uh, service or you were duped you didn't realize. And in each situation, every situation, unless you are caught red-handed, with a document from you stole from the CIA, it stabbed Tom's secret. No, you if, you. if you are not red-handed with it, you can only say, I didn't realize this. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, in this. In, in you the pretend United. to be a useful idiot. So the difference between these two categories is either you're a useful idiot or you're a full-fledged agent. And in legal terms... uh, excuse me, we are kind of forgetting to mention this. The mere fact that the KGB brought Trump to Moscow in 87 under pretext of uh, discussing building Trump Tower in Moscow was so silly, was so stupid that, you know, you have to be an absolute idiot to buy this from Russians and Mm -hmm. to go there, to seriously, discuss this project because in eighty seven chances to see, even to seriously discuss this project was Russia right, was zero ground zero.
0: <laughs> Interesting. Yeah.
3: yeah, I mean to have a monument to capitalism ahead, on Red yeah. Square is just uh, in the middle of the Cold Wars is ridiculous. Um there, there's another thing I wanted to raise that Albi touched on and I think there's a tie between uh, how he acted as a confidential informant with the FBI and his relationship with the KGB. And in both cases, it's a a trusted unofficial contact of some sort. And in in the FBI, he was known as, he was called a vest pocket source, a vest pocket contact. And that meant he was not official. He was not in the files as a CI but he basically acted as if he were. And he began giving lots of money to James Calstrom, who was head of the New York office back in yes, the 70s yes. and befriended him again and again and again. And that afforded him a lot of protection from the FBI. I mean,
1: yeah, this is, this is what it was. And uh, the, the, we got invaded by, in, by our underworld. When, you know, Yuri, I I so want to talk to you about Bob Levinson, Um, but you know, Bob Bob had some of the, and I grabbed some of these clips and I would tweet them so that people could hear it in Bob's voice. He had some of the best things to say about, look, this these guys are rolling in right and this was in late 90s bob's trying to tell us tell the world this when it had already been a decade at least past the time that they had rolled in and and just sort of warn the west that these russian gangsters are coming are they also connected to intelligence services are the intelligence officers yes do they have a more dangerous agenda yes but also they're gangsters, they're coming into our underworld. They're partnering with our gangsters. They're partnering with our crime families. And when you infiltrate through crime families as powerful this, as the Genovese, and the Lucchese, and the uh, Columbus, and the, and the entire Costa Nostra, as well as the outfit, Right, which was still very operational, and Roy Cohn was hooked into that as much as he was with the Gambinos and the Genovese. When you're cut, when if you have malintent and you're coming over and you're connected to a foreign intelligence service and you're coming in to roll those guys and you successfully roll those fuckers up, you are the most dangerous people on the planet. You are people who are doing things like trafficking women, the global rape trade, trafficking arms, trafficking narcotics on a level that could actually swamp out our own crime families who at that point in time, in the 70s, in the 80s, were the most powerful syndicates in the world. So this is what happened, everybody. We got invaded from our underworld up. That's what it was. And the characters who were in there, the property of the Genovese crime family, as well as the Gambinos around that concrete cartel, the number one jewel, one of the big jewels in the crowns in terms of the business fronts and the property was the Trump organization. It was Fred Trump before Donald, and then it was Donald. Okay? So they just took him. He was an asset. They rolled up our crime families and they took everything they could, and our crime families didn't know what fucking hit them. They did it. I've talked to some of those men, <laughs> the ones who are still alive. It, it was brutal. It can was I, brutal. Can I add it that it was fast.
0: also an information attack? I mean, at the same time as you're talking about being invaded by our underworld, you know, Russia did have this incredible information assault
4: the um military parades that i used to watch when i was in moscow in red square i'm sure yuri saw them as well with these turbol intercontinental um you know missiles be- being wheeled over costing you know tens of millions of dollars uh tanks hardware and so on it's all about last century and then what was actually happening in in 2016 which was a, a bunch of young or youngish sort of cynical military intelligence officers with some technical skills um really upending American democracy at a cost of about $300,000, you know, that, 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 that was, that was it. Um, and the idea that information warfare, um, the, the sort of battle for, for psychology, for, for a mucking, messing with the heads of American voters, that that's where, it, where it was at. Um, and, you know, but there's been a lot of talk about hybrid war and all the rest of it. And I, I, I do actually think that, what Putin has done, and I'd be interested to know what Yuri thinks about this, is to sort of take the Soviet playbook of disruption of exploiting enemy weakness and division and fracture in America and in my country and so on. Um, he he sort of updated that for for our kind of shiny um, internet age, um, and so we've got old-school assassinations which i write about in shadow state novichok poisoning of Sergei Skripal in, in salisbury in provincial england and, and obviously the the novichok um attack on alexei Navalny last, last last summer so we've got all those kind of diversionary operations but we've also got a kind of technical a- edge as well um and in some respects, actually, Russia is is a sort of failing state. I mean, living standards are declining. That's one of the reasons that people are protesting. There's there's the health service is a mess. Um, you know, the coronavirus pandemic is pretty pretty awful and uh, and pretty rampant. But but as a spy state, despite missteps Russia still um functions and will continue to function over the next four years. And and this is gonna be a big challenge to the Biden administration is what do they do? How do they contain this sulky, aggressive, permanently hostile power which still, Trump or no Trump, wishes America ill. Jerry,
0: jump in is, is this a
4: question for me?
2: Yeah. Uh, um you know, there is a so-called Munich conference on security in Europe. There was this is economic forum in Europe, and Munich is the top, number one. And each year they issue a report, annual report about conditions in different countries. Last year, I believe it was in November, they issued a report. The right section was, uh, was under title Putemkin Land. This is how they named russia and i was elated by this for me it showed that finally after 20 years of misunderstanding what putin's regime is in europe at least they realized what is it when we're talking about putin putin's regime we have two russia one russia is real this is what we just described with economy in free fall with uh, people um millions of people living under the level level of uh, misery um they have no chances for future because the the science is ruined education is poor and on the other hand if you watch uh russian television it's another russian this is russia which kicks some butts, you know in europe even to the united states you know it's number one all major, you know united states don't know what to do with putin putin rules the world so this is a big difference <laughs> real russia and virtual russia and it was created by uh by uh, active measures so putin this is his what he, he has done biggest results <laughs> of his regime he brought act, uh, active measure to a new level were not just a village, like Potemkin village, we all know what is it. He turned the entire country into Potemkin village. He himself became became Potemkin because, you know, he's a miserable guy, actually. As I told you on previous uh, show, he was Mr. Nobody until he was appointed appoint, uh, appointed successor to Yeltsin. His nickname was Pale Moth at the KGB. Mm-hmm or cigarette butt he was cigarette. a provincial kgb guy provincial kgb guy and this is a special segment you know in the west sometimes they say oh here's the KGB." come on <laughs> what is it kgb in the united states you have 17 agencies making u.s intelligence community take out one defense intelligence agency this is the gau in russia the rest this is the kgb and they're all different one is, you know, counterintelligence, intelligence FBI, another is intelligent people are different, mentality in different modus operandi is different. Putin never worked there. He worked in the provinces. They never did anything. They didn't know what active measures are, but to his advantage, I had to recognize that somehow he mobilized intellectual opportunity of, of what had been left from the KGB, which basically fell apart in 91, 92, et cetera. And he used it to build this virtual world where he is the king, but the king is naked. And this is truth. <laughs> yeah, and that, the, the,
4: the, oh. the, the king the king is naked, but Yuri the king is also very rich. And and I mean, I completely agree oh, with you yeah. that the Pachomkin yeah, yeah, project, yeah. the sort of noisy nationalist, you know, make Russia great again project, that yeah. that's the sort of front of shop. But round the back of shop, you know, Putin and his friends have been stealing like crazy for for two decades. I mean, they really are the richest people on the planet, um, yeah. collectively. I mean, they're worth many many billions of of, of, of dollars. And, and actually, ultimately. I'm not sure they are great uh, patriots or or hyper-nationalists. I think they're they're nihilists, they're they're cynics. They believe that anybody can be bought. And the the problem is that they they find so many Western politicians who who prove this this view correct with with Trump the very top of the the list as as a kind of an amoral mark who who, who they could kind of hire. Um, And who, who really, to my mind was fearful for four years of of of, of Vladimir Putin, and um, even now, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I miss Donald Trump criticizing Putin over anything? Not um, once. Not once. I don't think not I once. did. Did I?
0: Which brings us back to the question that you know Albie was asking earlier on, and we didn't land the second time for 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 Craig. Is is Trump an asset?
3: He's definitely an asset. The question to me is. Uh, is he, how knowing is he? And I believe that, uh, again, going back to the money laundering, you don't make the same mistake, same highly profitable mistake 1300 times in a row without knowing what you're doing. There's a doctrine in the law called uh, 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 deliberate blindness or willful ignorance. And it's, you 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 know, you sort of knowingly, intentionally don't know what can, be used against you in court so I, I think he was really operating under that kind of conspiracy he had to know i mean if he doesn't you know even things like he wrote that one letter to putin in which he said i can't wait to see he signed a ps i can't wait to see all these beautiful women in yes. moscow yeah. something had to be going on there more that's a very unusual way to sign a letter to uh the president of the country <laughs>
1: I really and let's so. not forget, that if we just want to look at it, again, I put my organized crime goggles on, you guys can, to me, there's a, there are things that intelligence services and organized crime families do that are identical. And with Trump, you know, I don't know how many times... It, it, that the syndicate that he was laundering for busted him out you know what a bust out is where you just you know the intentionally bankrupt somebody so that then they have you know and then all the goods go out the back of the store and then they they start over but they have nothing you know the property if not just the property gets torched and burned down or it changes ownership hands to belong to somebody else now and then comes the front man again and he's like oh la, 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 la. so this guy financially that those bankruptcies are really important important um what what happened with him financially and the squeezes he got into what happened with the with the banks how he could only turn to deutsche bank this is all really really important because he was getting bankrupted by the very people who he was facilitating Mm, Um, and that is that that is a syndicate move that's a mob boss move they've done it for a century Um, our our gangsters did that regularly i can't imagine that the Russian gangsters that he's laundering for didn't know how to do that as well. So they were and squeezing totally him into this position? Like, you squeeze him. You right. squeeze him. And then you break up whatever, you know, break up, the you know, all the money laundering. Then you've got them, Get them in crimes. You know, crime syndicates do that as well, okay? They target a politician. or They target a businessman to be their front. And they hopefully can get them into some kind of crime. But if you can get them financially, you can own them financially. That's the... That's that's everything. Yeah. That's everything. Then well, there, you almost make me feel
0: sorry for him, but I, I don't think I'm going there.
1: No, it's <laughs> <I'm just laughs> stupid.
0: four hundred
1: million dollars that his dad left him, right. right? And that he and half of that he he took, but I think I think Roy was still controlling a lot of that money. Um, I do. But so we I, have
0: yeah, to wrap up because we're sort of running out of time. But I just wanted to give everyone a, a shot to, to to wrap up uh, the show. With I guess the question is. Uh, do we think that the protests are going to have any impact on uh, on Putin? Like, do we think that the, these protests for Navalny, will they result in anything? Let's start with you, Luke.
4: Sorry, I, was, I was just saying that, that I think the, the Kremlin strategy is pretty clear that they're going to tough these protests out. Um, Navalny will stay in prison uh, for, for the foreseeable future. And I, I think they they, they they calculate that they'll be able to actually um put the lid back on this as they have done in the past I and mean, what's interesting this time um what my friends in moscow are telling me is that the the protests are broader they have it's not just the kind of middle classes or the young kind of beautiful people it's it's a far bigger pool. Uh but also quite interestingly in the provinces and sort of smaller towns and cities, there are more demonstrators than police. So the police are not actually able to kind of arrest everybody. So I, I think we're going to see really a, a, a period of turmoil. Um, but as as Yuri and I were kind of agreeing before, I I, I don't see I don't see the, the regime keeling over um anytime soon but 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 i think things are things are boiling and the one thing we know about russia is that it's a it's a, it's a hugely unpredictable place and everything seems it's going to be there forever and then suddenly there's this this great change and upheaval and that 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 may 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 happen but probably not next week
0: right craig what do you think
3: well i i guess i would wonder under those circumstances if uh Navalny becomes a Mandela-like figure, and that raises tensions there. Plus, at the same time, uh, with Biden there, I think you may have stronger sanctions, and that that would ratchet up the pe- uh, the pressure on Putin. And who knows when that will start to boil over? Yuri,
2: well, I believe that um, unfortunately, Navalny will be staying in jail as long as Putin stays in the Kremlin, and. Um, <clears throat> the prospects for any changes from my point of view are pretty pretty gloomy uh Putin will step down depending on the state of his skills but his successors will be the FSB and Patrisho or even worse so the Western countries United States Britain other NATO countries they should prepare for the worse and I strongly believe the only way to deal with Putin or Patrish regime the only thing they understand is the position of talk- talking from position of strength. Mm-hmm. They need to see this iron fist in front of their nose and understand that uh, there is no place for, for, for jokes. Um, that's about it.
0: Right, and LB, I've got so many other questions, I can't believe we have to end, but uh, go ahead, LB, tell us what you think about whether these protests are gonna I, succeed or not.
1: I, I really don't, I, I really have no, nothing that would Uh, that would trump any of these gentlemen or or to to weigh in any differently. I I guess the only thing I would add is is again, coming back to, you know, we've... When the Soviet Union fell, it did look like for... for, I'm just gonna only talk about this as an American citizen. Mm. From here, there was an incredible amount of orchestration at the end of that to make it seem like and now it's over, and oh, okay, we're moving on. When in fact, it had it had been a very long multi-pronged effort um, involving wars, involving money, involving intelligence operations to actually, to get to, to get to that place that, made, that where uh, our president could stand up and just make a big cinematic moment and everyone thought, oh, there was our cinematic moment, something new is happening now. Um, so I don't know where we, Are at in this with Mm. with Putin Um, I can't imagine there aren't tremendous amount of state other state forces with us and our allies working in ways that we can't see to to, you know cause something that can give a cinematic moment or a Mandela moment in the end Mm -hmm. Um, the problem that we have is that for four years up to leading up to this we had this horrible asset this national security threat to us and to democracies worldwide of the presidency that was in and that uh, investigating that I think helps everybody, even Russia. Right. Uh, so that's that's.
0: But there's I a sense around I'm the world saying. that you know Putin is 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 a threat to most liberal democracies, no matter where where you are, and that he'll continue to do that. I assume the, his successes will do that if they come out of the FSB, but, you know, let's hope that maybe one day we could have a, a Mandela moment like a, a Navalny uh, taking on leadership in that country. It would be a, a remarkable thing for a, for a country where a lot of people have suffered for many, many years under just totalitarian regime after totalitarian regime. And, you said uh, last time that it's not really possible to have um these long-term operations these operations that go you know over 40 years or something like that you believe that most operations happen you know maybe two or three steps ahead of them it, there seems to be as as lb was talking there about this you know the the end of the soviet union into where we are now but also the connections between maxwell and and epstein which you, were, you wrote about in your book uh, craig you know, there seems to be connectivity that seems to go over many, many decades between all these, all these uh, operations or or these mini operations. Is, is were they, were they big 40 year operations? Are they, is there someone in, in the Kremlin who's actually thinking ahead for 80 years and saying, I'm going to, you know, we'll think about how the Soviet Union ends and then we'll, we'll you know, Epstein will give Max all his money or Maxwell give yeah. Epstein his money. Like, how does that, how does that happen?
2: uh no way they were not planning that's that far even in economy they mm-hmm. have five-year plan That's it. so the planning in our agency was maximum one year ahead mm-hmm. and then another year etc etc uh, another issue was confidentiality or compartmentalization of information people who were running maxwell had no idea what was happening in another department who was running Trump. So there was no way somehow to coordinate this operation. And from my personal experience, I drew a conclusion that if you have, if you're just one, if you are alone on a human intelligence operation, you have, let's say, 40, 80% chances for success. If you have two operatives on the same operation, it goes down to 40. <laughs> chances for success. If two departments are involved, again it doubles down right for success. If two different uh directors, such as number one intelligence and number two counterintelligence, CAFBI, if they start cooperating on something, ninety-nine percent that's it will be a disaster, you know.
1: So it's so like Trump casino It looked look like
2: they have a <laughs> like general strategy. Their general strategy was clear what we have to do. Uh, so they pursued general strategy, and it
3: somehow fit into the general. But you had, fiction, but but you had protocols it. that were effective, and were used. Yeah, the protocols.
2: Yes, the protocols.
3: One, one thing, Yuri. Yes. One thing Uri told me when we when we were interviews. He said. He grew to completely disillusioned with the KGB and and was laughing at them and how bumbling and comical they were. And he said, look, by the end of when I'm through talking with you, you won't believe that these bumbling idiots did this great (laughs) intelligence coup. Right, but they
0: did somehow do it. And I mean, here we are with Donald Trump. If
2: you have 12,000 people in the field working towards the same goal, sometimes it will happen, you know, just by chance. (laughs)
0: Well, they certainly lucked out this time. It was
2: a fluke. It was a fluke for them.
0: The two books that you've got to buy are Craig Unger's American Compromat and uh, Luke Harding's Shadow State. Both are amazing. Both are really great reads. Make sure you pick them up, uh, order them tonight. Uh, If you love the stuff, and I know this audience really does love the stuff, um, please pick these books up, read them, and and make sure that these guys come back on our show next time. So uh, again, thanks very much to Luke and to Craig and to Yuri. It's been great having you here on the show tonight. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative.